Well, you know, it's a commemorative day uh, because 10 years ago we switched from, uh, well, we, we switched from the rock music in mid-November to go news on December 26th. That was the plan. Day after Christmas. So, uh, with that being said, um, my very first guest is my next guest. And uh, you know him well. His name is Lee Zeldum. We knew him when he was a state senator. We had him on many a time. Transformation into the congressional landscape. And, of course, uh, he fought like hell uh, to get into that governor's mansion in Albany. Uh, His name is Lee Zeldum. We certainly appreciate uh, his time uh, on this uh, Tuesday morning, the day after. And, yes, 10 years, very first guest. So great to have you. So appreciative, my friend. Man, happy uh, anniversary to you and the show. It's been uh, quite a run, going strong, and you have a ton of uh, loyal listeners who love to start their day listening to you. So, um, you know, shout out to all them listening to you for all these years. I appreciate that very much. Been a heck of a ride, and I say to the folks out there, buckle up because 2024 is going to be something we have not seen. Um, you know, I tell you, I got to get into a couple of things with you, and that is the most recent, the Friday signing of uh, Kathy Hochul uh, with this uh, election stuff, even years, my goodness. Uh, you know, I tell you, you know, you always hear the rumblings and everything else going on, the back and forth, uh, but uh, when push comes to shove, uh, does, it, does anything ever surprise you as far as this, uh, this uh, legislation is concerned? You know, I, I wish I could say that I'm, I'm shocked by what's going on up in Albany, but we've been living through it for so long. We've been talking about it, and we we know that the people who are in charge right now feel like they haven't gone far enough with so much of the lunacy. Um, you know, what what's going on right now here at the end of the year is that there's a whole bunch of bad bills that are getting signed into law, one of which is this uh, legislation that changes the local elections from the odd year to the even year, and there's so much that that's wrong with it. For one, it's it's not going to save tax dollars as if we no longer have elections in the odd numbered years, because we're still going to have numerous seats that are up in the odd year. So that that's one argument that's out the out the door. The second is they, they make the argument that that it would boost turnout. But by making someone show up and have to vote on a ballot that's many pages long, for one, that's not going to help boost turnout, and that's going to add to confusion. It's going to have, there's going to be more drop-off as people go from the federal races, like run, you know, voting for president or governor, down to a, a local race like voting for town council. People will be less familiar about who those local candidates are uh, there'll be less debate about what those local issues are local races will be decided based on national wins there'll probably be more machines uh, jamming because there's more paper that's getting put uh, through it with the longer ballots and that adds to longer lines and wait times it's just a mess and you know 10 days or so before the bill was signed it was sent to Governor Hochul for her signature, and so she would. She has until uh, basically the start of Christmas weekend to sign the bill, 
And what is so predictable, and you're asking about what's predictable, and I was just talking about the substance of what's wrong with the bill, yeah. is that she waits until you know it's the end of the day on Friday, going into Christmas weekend, and she signs the legislation because she doesn't, she, you know, she knows it's a mess. She she doesn't want to do it in the light of, you know, a day when when the media is all you know geared up and, and working and and engaged. You know, you do it at the very end of a Friday, and you hope that no one talks about it. That you and I wouldn't be here Tuesday morning talking about it, and everyone would just ignore it. And that's something else that's wrong with how government operates when they do this stuff in uh, with that that trickery tied to news cycles and when maybe the media is taking a break for a minute. Uh, listen, I couldn't agree with you more. It's a hit and run. It's classic hit and run. Uh, when you don't uh, when you don't have the vitriol uh, coming one's way based on the holiday, without question. And and that's why a lot of this stuff, folks, is signed as what was. On a Friday, you know, the getaway day and everything else, you know, for Christmas weekend. I mean, come on. You know, my my biggest problem with this is um, we just completed a local election uh, of a lifetime. Great turnout and everything else. One of the more important elections. Uh, When you focus in on Suffolk County with the county executives posed up for grabs, you know, my biggest thing is that the voters... Uh, will will be uh, somewhat tiresome of, of the uh, of the names and everything else that they will have to kind of sift through uh, when they get to a ballot box, and the importance will wane in my regard as far as, uh, or at least what I anticipate will be the mindset uh, of a voter, uh, the emphasis and everything else. I mean that that's a big issue. That's a very big issue, uh, and of course you know it remain with a decisive win. Uh, and everything else because a lot was fixated on what was happening within the confines of the county in which a million and a half residents uh, reside. And that is a big issue here. So, you know, there, I mean, there are so many things wrong with this. Um, You know, just the, the, the moral fiber of it all, you know, is just, it, it is a stench, but, but the, but the waning, the importance of locality is certainly not not is going to be great. Not not going to be as great. Yeah, I mean, agree with everything you just said. And um, I'll, I'll tell you that this could backfire on the Democrats too uh, if they don't if they don't time it right. There are years where the local races are trending right, and that'll boost turnout for. Uh, you know the, the the Republicans running statewide. I mean, it, it's that would really be quite ironic if uh, the Democrats end up getting burned by their own legislation. But like, when I analyze this bill, I'm not analyzing it based off of you know, what's best for the Republican Party or what's best for the Democratic Party. It's about what's best for New Yorkers. Mm. And if this was about what's best for a particular party. I, mean, I I happen to think that if this law was in place in 2022, that our numbers would have improved. I, I mean, we would have done even better upstate with even more Republicans coming out and voting for those local races. But that's not how we analyze these laws. We analyze it based on the merits, and it's foolish. It's not going to save tax dollars. 
you're, you're going to have uh, all sorts of confusion, less races, local races decided on local issues, uh, and good luck getting local candidates to be able to step up for these races when they're getting decided based off of national political wins. It's just absolutely the wrong way to go. It's boneheaded, uh, but that's you know, that's Albany for you. No question. No question. It will uh, absolutely diminish uh, voter participation, in my estimation. Lee Zeldin uh, with us. Um, Maisie Pillip uh, for the uh, third congressional. You know, when I when I heard the name and I knew obviously a little something based on what we do here with Pillip in the 10th legislative district, Nassau County, 60% of the vote she got, second and second round of play, and She's a, a just a wonderful uh, storyline here, uh, her history and everything else, and her uh, catapult uh, into uh, politics. And I think when all said and done, um, this was a very, very smart choice uh, for the GOP with Joe Cairo and company, without question, to go up against a big name in Tom Spuzzy, although I think he has waned in, in a very big way. But I thought it was a very, very smart choice here. She has a tremendous story. Uh, Ethiopian refugee serves in the IDF as a paratrooper, the Israeli Defense Forces. That's where she went after Ethiopia. She was in Israel, I believe, for 15 years or so. That's what I was told. And then she comes to to the U.S. She's a mother of seven, elected to the Nassau County Legislature in 2021 in a very Democrat area. Then she gets reelected in 2023 in that very Democrat area. And New York 3 is the interesting district where the special election is being held. North Shore Nassau County goes into Queens and is a district that Joe Biden won in 2020. But when you look at the numbers in 2021, 22, and 23, the district's been trending right. And on top of that county legislative seat that Mozzie is in, uh, the Republicans also won the town of North Hempstead in 2021. Jen DeSena was reelected in 2023 in a a town that has a heavy Democrat uh, voter uh, enrollment advantage. Now that that district uh, we won by double digits in 2022. You're talking about a, a roughly 20 point or so uh, flip from. Biden's win in 2020 to ours, the top of the ticket in 22. And uh, and the other thing, too, that is uh, underestimated and uh, I, I guess, you know, a, a, a massive factor when you, when you talk about a special election is that the Nassau County Republican Committee right now is, is very strong. We have a very strong Republican Party in Suffolk uh, organizationally, a very uh, strong Republican Party organizationally in Nassau as well, and that's the reason why right now it's one of it's one of the many reasons why there's a Republican county executive in both counties, Republican DAs, Republican county legislatures. Uh, you had four Republicans in the House, and now you have the special election for New York three, and high stakes with battle for control of the House up for grabs. Uh, this election is going to come up quickly. It's in the middle of February when no one is used to ever voting in a House race. Turnout is likely going to be lower because of that factor. Who knows what the weather is going to be like in the middle of the February? 
Uh, and in theory, both candidates will go into Election Day with enough people who support them to be able to win. So this is going to be about turnout. And the Nassau County Republican Committee is a very strong organization for being able to get uh, support out. And I wouldn't be surprised if you're seeing um, you know, a, a, hundreds of people uh, out on the street day after day after day, especially as you're getting into that home stretch, to be able to pull out the vote for Mozzie. So uh, you know, there are a lot of people saying, oh, yeah, Tom Swazi is the congressman there. Yeah, so he's going to win, and Biden won. Man, you're ignoring everything else that you and I just uh, we're, we're just going through here, and th- that's a really uninformed analysis. If you just say Tom was the congressman, so therefore, you know he he's going to get elected. There's a lot going for Mozzie, but she got to work. She, she and her campaign have to work really hard and take nothing for granted. No question. Talking with Lee Zell, and of course, you know, you go back a couple of weeks. Uh, regarding the high court here in New York, tossing out the state's congressional map and ordering new ones to be drawn up ahead of the upcoming election. I mean, you try and, you know, you, you can't script it better if this were a kind of a movie uh, and to go by way of Democrats trying to get a major edge in several uh, hotly contested uh, districts this year. You know, it's not so much of what came out of this it's how it came about with rowan wilson and everything else and you know when this came out and around the, was it the 12th or, or thereabouts of the month um you know the insertion uh of uh, another individual uh the ousting of another individual as far as the decision making is concerned to get that fourth rate vote i mean you, you you couldn't have you could not have scripted it better you know, as far as foul play was concerned, in my opinion, the way they came about this decision. Yeah, the voters of New York have already decided in a statewide ballot how they want this process to play out. And the Court of Appeals had already ruled last year. And what happened here behind the scenes uh, was gross to, uh, as you just referenced, push out one judge who ruled uh, against the that, that that Democrat push last year. So they replace that person with a new judge. Then that they get that person to recuse herself. Still a great mystery as to why she recused herself, you know, to bring in some other judge. And that judge right. ends up being the tie-breaking vote. Uh, you, know, you point out just what, what happens behind the scenes. And essentially, what's really discouraging is that this is one of those cases that end up showing you whether you're you know a lay person who you know has will never think about going to law school, or you're actually sitting inside of a law school classroom. This is an example of a case where, at the end of the day, sometimes merit, facts, constitutional law, and will of the people just don't matter. Uh, th- this was a uh, th- th- this was gross. What was done by the New York State Court of Appeals to basically collude with other branches of government, the legislative branch and the executive branch, for a one-party Democrat power play that says, "I don't care what 
the, the voters of New York have said twice in a statewide ballot says, I don't care what, the, what we, the Court of Appeals, previously ruled, and, and we don't care what the, the actual facts and merits of this case are. We're just going to go along with the team uh, and, and cast this vote. Now, at this point, this goes to the Independent Redistricting Commission, and they have until February to adopt new maps. Now, what's likely to happen, and, and the whole reason why this push was being made, was not to have the Independent Redistricting Commission draw the maps. The reason why the people brought this case was because they want the state legislature, controlled by Democrats, to write a hyper-partisan gerrymander. Now, before it gets to the legislature to be able to write a hyper-partisan gerrymander, the Independent Redistricting Commission has an opportunity to adopt its own maps. Now, here's a really simple solution. End the chaos, end the insanity, stop with, with the games, respect the Constitution, respect the will of the people. All they have to do is adopt the current maps that are in place. That's it. End of story. Because right now we're in the middle of a decade where congressmen know who their constituents are, constituents know who their congressmen are, we just had new maps, and, and if you have months of chaos and confusion where congressmen have no idea where, where their lines are, voters of New York have no idea what congressional district they live in, there's going to be all sorts of problems. There's going to, there's likely going to end up being even more litigation. The candidates for Congress may not even step up because, gosh, they don't even know what district they'd be running in or what district they live in. And the, the, whole, the whole disservice on New Yorkers across the board is one that should have the Independent Redistricting Commission, if they were truly, if they truly cared about doing their jobs for New Yorkers, and I don't care whether you're a Republican on that commission or a Democrat on that commission, it doesn't matter to me. They all should just be saying to themselves, what's the best thing for us to do for New Yorkers? Ah, here's a no-brainer. Let's just adopt the maps that are currently in place and end the nonsense. Yeah. Uh, you know, and it comes down to the the Democratic supermajority. They're going to be free to gerrymander again. Uh, maybe. A, uh, just a trifle less, obviously, this time around, but, you know, I'm not going to bank on it, that's for sure. But it will enable Democrats to steal back two to six New York House seats uh, come November the 5th. Uh, and that's when, obviously, Republicans now control that chamber by just three. Very troubling, uh, without question. And again, you know, we, we try to do, folks, on this program is peel back the onion to give you a better understanding. And that's why when we told you regarding this Caitlin Halligan, who recused herself, and that's when Rowan Wilson tapped Diane Renwick. You know, a judge already ruled in the, the Democrats' uh, favor in a similar case to fill in. And when you are joined by two other hot progressives, uh, that being Jenna Rivera and Shirley Troutman, well, guess what? You give the Dems another shot of gerrymandering key here to win back the seats they lost in fair elections. My goodness, it does not get any worse. Listen, I can't let you go uh, because um, I haven't spoken to you in a while, obviously, with this clean slate stuff. Final topic here, my friend, uh, in which, you know, jammed through the legislature, final day of session, uh, sealing record for crimes. That would include homicides, folks, armed robbery, drug trafficking, violent assault. I go on and on and on here. But my goodness, just another blatant. Uh, example of mismanagement. 
Yeah, you have you have legislators in New York who feel like they haven't passed enough pro criminal laws. So after they get rid of cashless, uh, after they get rid of uh, the, the the ability for judges to have discretion to weigh dangerousness when when setting bail, and uh, they they implement their cashless bail law, they uh, pass raise the age and less is more. They passed the HALT Act to get rid of the tool of solitary confinement, which is needed for discipline and correctional facilities. Uh, you have attacks on qualified immunity out of the city. That's also an attack that we see playing out uh, right now with legislators in Albany. They, they feel like they haven't gone far enough, and this Clean Slate Act was the next on the list, and it was just signed into law that doesn't just wipe out the criminal convictions of the most minor of offenses. I mean, we're talking homicides uh, were included in this. Some of the, some uh, of the more serious crimes that are committed, and if you are a, a landlord deciding whether or not to rent space in your your building or to rent out your uh, an apartment in your home if you are an employer and deciding whether or not to hire somebody you are a uh, a parent who wants to hire someone to take care of your kids uh, you know the list goes on and it's long of all of the different ways and situations where people would want to know whether or not that person who's applying for something in front of you, I don't know, maybe was once convicted of a homicide? And there are people up in Albany who serve yeah. the legislature who say, oh, I have a brilliant idea. I, I think the right answer for us in New York is for us to just wipe out all these criminal convictions altogether. And, and the state legislature is about to go back into session here in the next couple of weeks. And the people who are in power right now, they feel like they haven't gone far enough. They they will try to pass even more pro criminal twenty twenty four. So when you know when we were when we're talking about uh, down ballot races, you know there'll be a lot of focus on the presidential race in twenty twenty four, the House races, but these state legislative races they matter too. And there are some swing districts across the state uh, to a Republican or a Democrat. They, they're close races. There are a lot of races for the state legislature, close to a couple dozen uh, races for the state legislature where, where I won the race, that, that district in the top of the ticket, but the Democrat won that state legislative race um, in, in that same area, that same geographical area. Uh, so very swingy areas. These districts, they matter and you have to hold these legislators accountable, not give them any free passes when they're voting for crap like this. No, 100%. And, you know, I will say this in closing, you're doing a heck of a job uh, as far as being the chairman of the Leadership American Needs Pack, uh, supporting a lot of candidates for office. And, you know, you're engaging with a lot of voters, uh, you know, trying to support candidates, seeking office and everything else, helping candidates' message uh, to uh, to all communities, all communities, and and really engaging, uh, what I think is an important aspect here of young people, Gen Zers out there, first time Republican voters, and of course, most important election of a lifetime coming into play uh, next year. You're doing a heck of a job. I watch you. Uh, so keep up the great work. And I got to tell you, I can't thank you enough um, as far as being a part of the presence here. Uh, on Ally News Radio, and of course, our very first guest of uh, December the 26th, 
of 2013. How about that? Uh, I can't it's, thank it's you enough. A while, very right? special day for all. Uh, no, I'm, I appreciate you being on air um, and, and fighting a good fight, making sure people know what's going on. And it's always great to be with you, Jay. And uh, Happy New Year to you and the family. And uh, hopefully just good, good health and uh, success for uh, everyone in your life and, uh, and for all of your listeners. Absolutely, to you and the girls as well, and the wife. Just a wonderful uh, new year and uh, many more conversations to come as we flip the page. Can't thank you enough, my friend. Good stuff. All right, take care. Awesome.